Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. She was going through a pretty rough time and uh, just come off a divorce. Her husband had been just horrible to her, mishandled the money, multiple affairs, and so her friends kind of scooped together some money and just kind of said, how about you just go down to the, the beach for a week and just kind of collect yourself. And she's walking along the beach, tears are running down her face, she can barely see, and she uh, trips over a stick. She bends down to pick up the stick to throw it off to the side, and as she's get, picking up the stick, the sand kind of moves and she sees something kind of glimmering in the sand. She reaches down to pick it up, and as she picks it up, she realizes it's a lamp, she rubs it, and out pops a genie. And standard stuff, the genie pops out and says, you know, it's normal stuff. You know, you you only get three wishes. You don't get more wishes, things like that. He goes, but there's one caveat. Uh, Whatever you wish for, I will give a double portion to your ex-husband. It's tough. But she's not afraid to make three wishes. So the first thing that she wishes for is I'd like $100 million. And boom, genie says, you now have $100 million. And just so you know, your ex-husband now has $200 million. She's like, okay. For my second wish, I would like a gigantic uh, house on the beach. The genie says, boom, you are now the proud owner of a gigantic house on the beach. I also need to inform you that your ex-husband has two gigantic houses on the beach. He says, now uh, that's two wishes. You have one final wish. What is your final wish gonna be? And she grabbed the stick that she had in her hand. She gave it to the genie. And she says, I want you to beat me half to death. <laughs> How good is that? That is my wife. That is who I married. That is stone cold right there. I have a question for you. If you had one wish, what would you wish for? One wish for your marriage, one wish for your family, one wish for your business, one wish to heal this nation if you had One, one wish, what would you wish for? I want you to take a second, whether you're at one of our different locations or whether you're watching online, turn to your neighbor or type in the chat, tell them if you had one wish, what would you wish for? Go ahead, turn, tell somebody, what would it be? What would you wish for? We're in a sermon series called New Year, New You. We've talked about freedom. We've talked about change. And my hope and prayer is that today God would take something out of this message and draw each and every single one of us closer to him. I don't, for those of you who are Christians, I don't want this to be another weekend where we just kind of check some boxes. I actually want us to draw closer to Jesus. If you're here today and you know, the only reason you're here is because someone bribed you, you lost a bet, you know, your parents said you can have your iPad if you come to church with me, like whatever happened to you that got you in here, I have something in here for you too that I'm hoping God will use to draw you closer to him. There's a story, many of you may already know it. It's a story of a man named Solomon. Solomon was a very real person in human history. He was the son of a king named David. And at one time they were rulers over the Israelite people. David had died, Solomon was ascending to the throne to become the king over Israel, and God appeared to him in a dream. 
And in the dream, God said to him, ask for whatever you want and I will give it to you. So this is Solomon's reply. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in a place of my father, David, but I am only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant, here's his answer, a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not a long life, did any of you wish for long life? Or wealth, did any of you guys ask for money? And have not asked for the death of your enemies? Any of you guys go that route? My life would be way better if they didn't have one. I will do what, that's the truth. I will do whatever you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart. So there'll never be anyone like you, nor will there ever been, nor, or moreover, I will give you what you didn't ask for. I will give you both wealth and honor so that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. And if, this is conditional, and if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as your father David did, I will also give you a long life. And Solomon woke up and realized it was a dream. But the rest is history. Real life history. Even today, the wisdom and the accomplishments of Solomon are common knowledge. You can read all about it in 1 Kings chapter three. I have a question for you. You don't have to raise your hand, but if you had one wish, how many of you wished for wisdom? Well, some of you might be going, Clayton, I'm not gonna wish for something, and I don't even know what it is. Well, what is wisdom? In the Old Testament, wisdom was connected to your everyday life and experience. It was the skills that you needed to build a life. It was what a builder would use to put together a house, how a general would win a war, how parents would raise their children, and how a leader would govern their people. Some of us, we confuse wisdom and knowledge. We just think, oh, I just want to be super smart. There's a big difference between wisdom and knowledge. You, can, you have to have knowledge in order to have wisdom but you don't necessarily uh, have knowledge. If you have knowledge, you don't necessarily have wisdom. Uh, you know this to be true. Uh, knowledge is like having, um, it's like having the right tools. Wisdom is knowing how to use them. Ladies, come here for a second. You've married a man and he has tools in his tool belt, but you and I both know he doesn't know how to use them, right? You know, you have a house and it's a, you know, it's a do-it-yourselfer and it really should have been a call of somebody. That's what it should have been, right? Yeah, I mean, you got the tools, you just don't know how to use them. Uh, you know, you could probably, I saw this quote, some of you will get it, some of you, you know, you can find, the, find it at Hobby Lobby later, uh, that knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, wisdom is not putting that fruit in a fruit salad. Uh, Knowledge is having an answer to the question, do these genes make my butt look big? 
Knowledge has an answer to that. Wisdom knows what to say. <laughs> and there's a big difference between how I'm preaching to somebody right now, right? Uh, knowledge is knowing how to post your new governmental COVID-19 theory. Wisdom is knowing maybe you probably shouldn't. Knowledge is believing there is a God. Wisdom is following his commands. And a life characterized by wisdom is a life that is ultimately obedient to God. And some of you might be asking, okay, but why would I want wisdom? That's a fair question. And listen, I don't wanna push anything on any of you today. So just let me walk you through some of the benefits that the Bible tells us about wisdom. Proverb tells us that those who have wisdom are blessed. That if you have wisdom, that it will save you from the ways of wicked men. That it's a protector, it watches over you. That if you have wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you don't have it, you will suffer. We're told that if you possess it, you're kept safe. Quick recap, and listen again, I don't wanna push something on you that you don't want for yourself, but if you're the kind of person that wants to be safe from wickedness, protected, watched over, live a long life, sidestep avoidable suffering, kept safe and blessed, then you would love having wisdom. However, it gets even better than that. Wisdom helps you know God better. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. This is Paul writing, he goes, Paul, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Wherever you're watching from, if there's a part of you, if there's a desire in your heart to know God better, to have greater intimacy in your relationship with Jesus Christ, the way you do that is by grabbing hold of wisdom. Look what it says in Colossians chapter one. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. What are they praying for? We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. How do I get the knowledge? Through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have for, uh, redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Again, I don't wanna push anything on anybody but if you're the kind of person that wants to live a life worthy of God, if you want to please God, if you want to bear fruit as you grow in the knowledge of him, if you want to be strengthened by the very strength of God, the kind of strength that gives you unending endurance, unlimited patience and produces heavenly joy, then you will find it on the pathway of wisdom. If you wanna have the truth that you've been qualified by Jesus, if you wanna bask in the glory of the fact that you've been rescued from the dominion of darkness, if you wanna have cemented in your mind and in your heart that you have been redeemed, that your sins are forgiven, you will find it whenever you find 
wisdom. Maybe you're the kind of person that wants to have a positive impact on the world. You're the kind of person that wants to point people to Jesus. The way you do that is through wisdom. And God's desire is for every Christian to do that. Look at what he says in Deuteronomy chapter four. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully by observing the things of God. This will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. The result would be that people would pay attention to you and me and they would see that God's decrees are good and that they would be drawn into a relationship with God because of what they saw revealed in you and I. Notice the active part of wisdom, that it is you have to do it, you have to take the knowledge and you have to do something with it and that's where wisdom puts its legs on. It's how you walk out wisdom. Observing these decrees carefully, doing the things of God, will demonstrate your wisdom and my wisdom to a watching world. But this is where so many of us mess up. We were doing some work at our house and because I am not a do-it-yourselfer, I had to call a somebody. And the plumbers were there working on our house and they were fixing something in the bathroom. And I, you know, anytime I have an opportunity to, you know, talk to somebody about coming to our church, I started talking to him. And I, you know, I usually have all kinds of silly questions. I start with this time, I just said, so do you believe in God? And he said, yeah, of course, how could you not? I'm like, this is fantastic. I said, well, where do you go to church? He goes, I don't. I said, okay. Why is that? He goes, well, I mean, I just, I just kind of do my own thing. I'm like, but you know there's a God. Oh yeah, but you're just kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, I just kind of connect with him out and about. And I go, well, what's he been saying? <laughs> like, it's a fair question. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, you said you connect with him when you're just out and about. So what's he been saying? He goes, I don't, I don't know. Really? I said, you don't think that God wants to reveal himself to you, talk to you? Of course you believe there's a God, but you don't think he has a plan for you, that he has things in store for you, that he has a word that's been revealed to you? There's this guy in my house. He has a knowledge of God, but he doesn't have wisdom to follow him. We've got more pl plumbing problems coming up, so we'll eventually get him to church. We just, my wife just keeps breaking things, so I invite him back over, okay? Now listen, before we get too judgy, before we get too judgy, we do the same thing, don't we? I mean, not you, but the person sitting next to you. They do the same thing, don't they? I mean, we know that gossip's wrong, but here we go running our mouth and losing friends. We know better. We just don't have the wisdom to stop. We know that the Bible says in your anger, don't sin. 
But here we are facing charges because we reacted instead of responded. We know better. We just didn't have the wisdom. Okay, let me, let, me, let me get all the way in your grill. All the way. Come here. Come with me. How many of you know that social media only confirms your position? Let me, let me back up. How many of you have had your life completely changed by something you read on social media? Nobody. Okay. Okay. How many of you, when you read something on social media, you instantly agree with it or disagree with it? Come on. You can raise your hands. It's safe. I'm not gonna be mean yet. Okay. So even though social media has never changed your mind or the life of anybody else that you know, that doesn't keep Christians from posting stupid stuff, does it? It's crazy. We actually, come with me, we actually have people who leave our church because of what people who go to our church post. Now that's dumb on two levels. One, the crossing has stupid people that go to it. Crazy people. We don't, if we only allowed perfect people in here, nobody could come. We're, listen, if you go to the crossing, there's people who go to the crossing who have a Biden thing in their yard, and there's other people who have a Trump one. We have weird people that come to the crossing. Our problem is we usually hire those people. That's our biggest problem. We, you pick the biggest, dumbest, we'll, we love them, we'll hire them. That's kind of how we operate, right? So if, you, if you're a part of our, our, our church, we have crazy people. I just need you to know that in advance. And to be honest with you, I kind of like that because that's the kind of church I would want to be a part of, the church that's for anybody and everybody, even if they are a little crazy. Now, second thing. To those of you who go to our church, who are posting the stupid stuff, and it's causing other people to stop coming to this church. Is it worth it? Are you possibly alienating the very people that Jesus is trying to reach? But God, I was trying to make them Republicans. <laughs> I was trying to make them Christians. God, I was, I was trying to make them Democrats. I was trying to tell them about my son. I was, God, I was trying to get them to take their masks off. I was trying to tell them that I love them. I was trying to, I was trying to tell them to put their masks on. I was trying to tell them they're forgiven. Isn't it crazy that we know the right thing to do, but we lack the wisdom to do it? We know that you don't change people's minds over social media, but that doesn't stop us from pushing an agenda that pushes people away that we're supposed to reach. The way you change people, the way you change the world, is inviting people over, feeding them a meal, talking to them, praying with them, caring for them, serving them, feeding them, and listening to them. That's how you got changed, is someone made a specific strategic investment in your life. 
I'm guessing most of you didn't get baptized over Facebook. Right? And I'm worried sometimes that some of you who really love Jesus, you really do. You're pushing away the very people that you're trying to reach and eventually you'll have nobody to invite over to your table. Because God, God's trying to reach people and you're trying to convert them to something that's not of him. You have the knowledge, but sometimes we all lack the wisdom. So some of you, you might be going, okay, Clayton, I'm in. You've sold me. So where do I get wisdom? Well, I'll tell you where you get it. You get it from God. Job chapter 12 says this, to God belong wisdom and power, counseling and understanding are his. God is the author of wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We'll put this one on the screen, Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This might be tripping some of you up. You might be going, what does fear have to do with wisdom? Some of you, you might've been a Christian for a while. Maybe some of you, you're reading your Bible and just so you know at the crossing, we love it when people read their Bible. And you're going, but I thought I've read a verse somewhere that says perfect love casts out fear. Well, let's look at that. That's 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. This is what it says. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out, casts out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So you're going, hold on a second, Clayton. If I want wisdom, I have to fear God. But if I love God, I don't fear him. What am I supposed to do? I'm so glad you came to church today. Come with me. Ready? When we think fear, we think scared, terrified, afraid. That's what we think when we think fear. However, almost every time that God shows up in human history to interact with people like you and me, you know what the first words out of his mouth are? Do not be afraid. Well, God, you're really starting to confuse me now because every, you tell me I'm supposed to fear you, but every time you show up, you say, don't be afraid, but you say, I have to fear you in order to get wisdom. Help me out here. This is where our words sometimes kind of just hurt us a little bit. A more accurate understanding of the word fear is respect, reverence, awe. Over and over, over again, we're told in scripture that God confides in those who fear him. He gives his secret counsel to them, not to people who are terrified of him, but he gives it to people who hold him in high esteem. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so is his great love for those who fear him who are in awe over him, who hold him in high regard. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, on those who respect him. We can have a healthy respect for God for what he's capable of, but we need not fear his punishment when we are in a right relationship with Jesus because we don't have to face the punishment. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ we will not be punished. Jesus was punished in our place. So you might be asking, 
So how do I get wisdom? How do I lay hold of it? If I, fine Clayton, I want it, how do I get it? Cause you're going, Clayton, I gotta be honest with you. God hasn't appeared to me in a dream and said, ask for whatever you want. I didn't get the Solomon round. Like I didn't get that. And to be honest with you, Clayton, the beginning of the sermon, when you said, if you had one wish, what would you wish for? I blew it then too. I, I'm like oh for two on the wisdom train. So what do I do? And you might be frustrated that God didn't show up to you in a dream and say, ask for whatever you want. But I'm telling you, you're gonna love this. What he's given you is so much better. He gives you constant access to wisdom all the time. Look at what it says in James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, pause right there. At all of our locations, online, I think there's a little hand button online. Raise your hand if you lack wisdom. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, beware of lightning bolts, okay? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask who? God, who gives, say that word, generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. How does God give wisdom? God gives wisdom generously. And when God is generous, he pours out so much that you can't contain it. And it comes straightforwardly with no strings attached. How many of you guys have received a gift and it had strings attached to it? Yeah, those gifts stink. How many of you have received a gift and you didn't think it had strings attached to it and then later you found out it did? Remember that time when I? That's not what God's doing with you. Check this out. He's giving it to you with no strings attached. To who does he give it to? He gives it to all. You're an all, I'm an all. Here's what that means. If you've been going to your church your whole life, I have good news for you. God will still give you wisdom. If you've been going to church and serving and giving and praying really early in the morning, I've got good news to, for you. God will still give you wisdom. And if this is the first time you've ever heard about Jesus, I got good news for you too. He'll give you wisdom too. He has no favorites. You don't have to store up credit. He gives generously to all. It's not based on our worthiness. It's based on who he is. He's a God who gives wisdom generously to those who ask. And I always messed up this last part. To all without finding fault. I didn't do that good in school, especially in English. And when you like had to like parse sentences out and all that stuff. And I always thought when I read this, that to without finding fault modified all. Maybe that's how you read it too. He gives generously to all in whom he finds no fault. And then I'm trying to go, well, I've got faults. So I guess I'm out. And then I'm like, well, I'm a theologically smart. Hold on a second here. Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. His love covers me and his blood covers me. So when God looks at me, he doesn't see my sin. He sees his son and I can get there. So I can still get wisdom, but check this out. This is, come on. You ready? Without finding fault does not modify the receiver. 
It modifies how the giver gives. It is modifying God. He is basically saying he is not reluctant or critical. He gives without regard in this generosity. He's eager to give. It's almost, the text is almost trying to convey a single-mindedness to his giving. It's like you're, when you call God up and you say, God, I could use some wisdom, the single-mindedness of his generosity is as if God is like, I've got nothing else to do today but to just pour out wisdom on those who ask. It's as if there's this heavenly dump truck, beep, 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 just backing up, ready to dump godly wisdom all over your life. Now, here is the difference between a wise person and a foolish person. A foolish person's going, my marriage is a wreck. It's fallen apart and I don't see a way through this and you just keep trying to fight your way through it. When all the time, beep, beep, beep. Heaven's got a dump truck of wisdom that it's ready to pour out on your marriage. It's, it's like if you're a, a parent or a grandparent and you desperately wanna try and mend things that are broken. You wanna help them turn the corner on some of the decisions that they're making in your life. And the foolish thing is I just need to read another book or make another snide comment or make another bribe. And all the while in heaven, beep, beep, God's got this dump truck of wisdom that he wants to pour out on you. It's all the people who are looking at the world and they're going, it's not the way it's supposed to be. And you keep trying to change it with each post and each like and each share. And all the while in heaven, beep, 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 there's a dump truck of wisdom that God is ready to pour out on us. And all we have to do is ask. So if you're here today, would you be willing to agree with me that what our world could use right now is Christians living with a different kind of living? Christians whose living is marked by wisdom? Is there anybody at one of our locations right now? Anybody watching online right now that you are facing problems that are beyond your capacity. You feel like it's stacked against you. You don't know whether to turn right or turn left. You don't know if you should say something or if you should stay quiet. You know what you need? You need wisdom. And I know where you can get it. All you have to do is ask. If your marriage is hurting, it's struggling, and you deeply wanna see God get control of your marriage, you know what you need? You need wisdom, and I know where you can get it. All you have to do, all you have to do is ask. And I know that there are parents and there are grandparents who you see what's happening in the lives of your kids and your grandkids and your heart breaks 
and it aches, and you deeply wanna see God get glory in your family, and you don't know what to do, I'll tell you what you need. You know what you need? You need wisdom, and I know where you can get it. All you have to do is ask. If there's a part of you that's a Christian, and more than anything, you wanna point this world to Jesus, because Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you, but you don't know how to do it. You know what you need? You need wisdom, and I know where you can get it. All you have to do is ask. If you had one wish, and you knew that God would give it to you, what would you wish for? We're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.